All right, here we are again. Another episode of the Collective Evolution podcast. I'm drinking a smoothie today. There's bananas, some mango in there. And I got Arjun Walia with me here. Hey, everyone. How you doing, Arjun? Good, how are you? Good day today. <laughs> so that's all. We got a Friday going. A little bit of snow coming here. We, you know, we're in Toronto, so we got a little bit of snow coming soon. Um, you know, I, I would say that here we are, what, middle-ish of February. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm at that point where I'm ready for... I'm ready for winter to be pretty much over. Yeah, I, I can't wait for spring. <laughs> it's only a few more months. It's yeah. right around the corner. But it's nice to have, you know, all seasons here in Canada as well. That's experience it. it all. All seasons. I yeah. agree. I would agree with that. Um, Make sure you have all season time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we drive all season time. All season time. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ooh, that, was a good, that was a good little one. Um, yeah. you, know what, you know what else I'm excited about for the spring, actually, is the uh, the idea that we just got full control back of our of our retreat center up north mm. here of Toronto, and this year the garden up there is going to be fantastic. I've been mm. I've been dying to to get that that you know just to do some good land maintenance up That'll there, and cleaning it up, and we'll definitely going to be hosting retreats up there, which you grow know, some food. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, you know we'll definitely hit you guys up when when we got uh, retreats in the in the works, um, but it'll be cool stuff. It'll be cool stuff. We're excited about it. 25 acres, beautiful property, um, nice uh, little center on there, and uh, north of Toronto, not too yeah. far. Pretty easy. Yeah. But um, today we're going to be talking about... Uh, Very exciting stuff. Extraterrestrials and spirituality. So yes. less on the like, you know, like we did with the Unacknowledged, uh, with Michael Mazzola there, less on the side of, you know, the, the, the documents and the, and the information, all that sort of stuff, and more into the spiritual and consciousness focus, like just diving deep into that. Right, which is huge because we have to start asking, you know, the next questions. Like we know UFOs are real and there's a lot of evidence showing that some of them are extraterrestrial. You know, this stuff is becoming mainstream, so it's time to take it to the next level. That's it. You know? And you, you said just the other day, right, you said, you know, let's let's interview Richard from uh, Richard Lawrence from the Ethereum Society. Yeah. And uh, you said something. It's time to start listening to the contactees. Exactly. You know, they're apart from, you know, these UFO sightings and things of that nature. We have supposed contactees here. And, um, you know, granted, a lot of them are probably hoaxes and false. But then you get a lot that are seem quite legit and the Ethereum society is very interesting because for example their founder george king in the 1950s was talking about how extraterrestrials are concerned with our nuclear weapons and you know fast forward to today and we have previously classified release documents showing you know a number of international incursions at nuclear weapons facilities and whistleblowers and high-ranking military people saying the same thing so you know, that's what really hooked me on it. And his message, the message here really resonates. And, you know, it's it's time to start at least listening to these people because you, we used to ridicule UFOs and now look what's happened. Yeah. So, you know, I'm seeing the same thing here. It's we really got to start listening to these people and their message. That's it. That's all. So in the spirit of listening, let's let's bring on Richard right now. So, Richard, uh, you're, can you give us a little bit of an introduction to, I guess, who you are and your background, uh, just to kind of establish where we're going with sure. the show? Yes, certainly. I'm um, the sec executive secretary of the Ethereum Society for Europe. Um, we also have a similar person in, called Brian in America. And we have branches and groups all over the world. Uh, well, not, not all over the world, but in many, most of the continents, if not all of the continents, I think we have a, a branch or a group, certainly some members. Uh, but we're not massive. We're, uh, I would say, in the low thousands. We have members and friends. Um, and then, of course, we have many, t probably tens of thousands of people who kind of know about us. But we're not a massive movement at all. But we are long-standing believers in life on other planets, and Dr. George King, who founded the society, uh, was the person who we believe was the primary, not the only, but the primary contactee with uh, extraterrestrials, especially in this solar system, because um, we believe in higher life forms in this solar system. And I've written, I wrote the last two books that uh, Dr. King wrote with him. I was the co-author with him. And I've also written a number of books myself. I think that's a summary of it. Okay. And what exactly, for our listeners, is the Ethereum Society? So the Ethereum Society is um, a worldwide organization that believes in life on other planets. And it's based entirely on the contact that Dr. George King had between 1954 
1997 when he passed on. Uh, that's that a 43-year period, uh, and he was having very regular contact. So there's a, a, a whole wealth of incredible teaching information. But the most important thing to us is practical, the practice of these teachings, and our sort of our, our motto actually is uh, well, our whole theme really is service to humanity. Our motto is service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Mm. That's a that's a that's a beautiful little um, I guess way to go about things because you know here at Collective Evolution it's very very similar feeling you know we we believe that what's, what's happening with extraterrestrials and the spiritual uh, aspect of it and how it's going to shift our consciousness as humanity is is one of the biggest things that's happening on the planet right now and overall us as humans right. shifting from a you know just kind of go about life state of being to starting to serve humanity serve others. In essence, we're all serving ourselves, right? Um, and I yes. guess where this might lead a little bit is almost like it seems now, like we've we've even seen it over the last nine years or so of, in doing what we've been doing. That you know, nine years ago, talking about extraterrestrials, especially in this fashion, was like kind of very, very taboo. And now it's a lot less taboo. Would you say you guys have right? Noticed... Well, that's in... Go ahead. Oh, no, that's very interesting. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I've been campaigning on this topic for decades and uh, but i do remember you know even in the very late 70s when i just left university and then doing lots of broadcasts in in what you might call the mainstream media over here in britain in the 80s you were you were absolutely laughed at and um, if you said there was a government cover-up people thought that was absolutely ridiculous in those days Nowadays, if you went out and said there's a government cover-up, actually, if you went out and said the governments are telling you the whole truth, people would think you were crazy now. So there's been a massive shift in that respect. Yeah. And in terms of the UFOs, I mean, I, I did a sh- you know another mainstream broadcast the other day, and um, you know it, it was a question of people just phoning in with their experiences. There are just so many people who've seen them. And the, the sort of the pe- sort of skeptics that you used to get a lot of, uh, who who absolutely, completely reject the subject, as opposed to being open-minded, which is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a few and far between, and they sound a little silly, I think, to a lot of young people. Yeah, and what um, what I I'm you know very encouraged about is the fact that. Um, like the subject is becoming like like Joe recently said mainstream we've got a lot of information out that pretty mm. much confirms the existence of objects you know performing right. maneuvers that kind of defy laws of physics and we've had a lot of whistleblowers and you know a lot of evidence to suggest that some of them are extraterrestrial and I think Absolutely. we're at the point now where we have to start listening to those who are claiming to have contact with these beings because what I find interesting, especially about um, George King, um, I remember Mm. listening to a channeling about him, about how some extraterrestrials are concerned with our nuclear weapons facilities, development of nuclear weapons. And that was in the 1950s and fast forward today, now we have actual documents showing a huge amount of incursions of UFOs at nuclear weapons Mm. sites. So it's like, there's a lot of, you know, it's like what he said in the 50s is he just gained so much credibility there. And I wanted to ask you, what's kind of, what's the main message coming through right now? What kind of um, beings are you in contact with? What, um, is it the same message as you were giving in the 1950s? Well, the essence of it is, I mean, you're so right, though, if I could just pause on what you just said there sure. about the 50s, because I've got the uh, honor of of being writing his biography at the moment with Brian in America and looking into this I mean it's hard to believe in 1958 he 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 organized a rally in a big part of London called Trafalgar Square um, and you know then in and demanding then in 1958 the governments tell the truth and it's hard to think what England this probably even more than America was like in the 50s very conservative in every respect not just politically um, you know you wouldn't go and post a letter unless you put a jacket and tie on and it was all very for somebody actually to be out there campaigning and talking about government governments and also he did the same thing on the nuclear issue which you mentioned there yeah. and he in fact 
warned uh, days after one particular accident over here at a nuclear power station um, of the effects of it, which was completely dismissed. He, he wrote to every member of parliament himself and a number of embassies about this, and it's been proven in that particular area in northern England to have a massive uh, incidence of leukaemia, way above the national average, mm. um, which is generally, it seems to me now, fully recognised that what he said then has happened, right. tragically. Um, so, but in terms of the message we give now, I mean, one of the things we have, and one of the things that was arranged in, in Dr. King's lifetime, was that there is no person who's, who would be recognized if they made a claim that they were in contact with the intelligences who contacted him. Now, that doesn't mean that no one's getting any inspirations or any, uh, you know, anything else, but it means that the Ethereum Society as a whole won't recognize that or accept that because of the danger of delusion as a whole massive area, mediumship, something I've done of at a very basic level, a fair amount of myself. And there are big dangers, and the danger is someone could come along quite genuinely, believing that they were in touch who wasn't in touch, mm -hmm. and that it could lead everybody off. So we follow the line that was set up very diligently by Dr. King. I was one of those who worked for him over a 10-year period, his last 10 years of his life. I was in touch with him every day in that period, either with him or on the phone, and setting up... Um, a whole arrangement for the future which we can now follow and the main focus to answer your question of what we're doing is sending out spiritual energy to the world I would summarize it in that way I mean, he identified and, and the cosmic masters as we call them identified which is not mean they're men particularly by the way just a term um, he identified the spiritual energy crisis as the main crisis on earth if that is solved then all the others will fall into line. So we still have a way of working in direct cooperation with them. We are able to communicate with them certain of our moves. So, if, for example, we wanted to send spiritual energy in cooperation with them for a particular peace talks about Syria, for example. We can do that. We do do that. So it's a combination of people joining in, uh, we have a, for example, we do online services of one of our practices called the 12 Blessings at 12blessings.org every weekend, both uh, twice actually, once from America, once from the UK, and people in dozens of countries join in, and they may not be members of the Ethereum Society, to send spiritual energy out to help the consciousness, and if the, as I'm sure you, it is your field, but if consciousness changes, everything else changes. I mean, we're only going to get peace in an area if the people in the area, people responsible for that area, decide they want peace. You know, you could sign a piece of paper, you know, you could get a political negotiation. We've seen it for 3,000 years in the Middle East, just to name one area. It won't last unless the people change. And that's the great thing about spiritual energy, be it through prayer, be it through healing, be it through meditation, be it through mantra, in our case through directly cooperating with beings from other planets, that can bring lasting change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was very well said. And, you know, it, it resonates so much. Our, our motto over here is change starts within. And, um, you know, the reason for Perfect. that is if, you know, if we shift, as you said, if we shift as individuals, we upload that information, that mm. energy up to the collective conscious, and we all have the opportunity to tap into that. Um, and I definitely so want to continue on this conversation of, you know, spiritual energy, consciousness, uh, channeling and, and ET contact. But for a moment, I want to step back to something you said a little bit earlier, because we kind of ask this every time we do an interview, um, because everybody has a different perspective. And um, when it comes to the government cover up that has happened with uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials, which I think at this point is very obvious, um, even in the mainstream, oh, yeah. what's your opinion on why there has been a cover up? You know, I it's a very good question. I think what do you if you if you're sort of in in government, um, there's never a convenient day, is there, to come out and say, well, look, we've got to tell you, everybody, we've lied to you for ye ten years, twenty years, fifty years about this topic. Um, no one's got the guts to do that. It might finish their career. Um, they would then be asked a whole range of questions which they couldn't answer. Mm -hmm. And then if you, I think, go deeper into it, 
then people would look elsewhere. They think, okay, these governments, they don't know. They don't have the answers. They're just telling us that they know these craft exist, that there have been contacts. I mean, I brought some CIA papers to Britain, for example, which the Washington Post sued for decades ago, which shows that they were actually an aircraft over... This is just one little example, over Iran was actually pursued by a spacecraft and they tried to fire a missile missile at it. That's the American jet tried mm-hmm. to fire a missile at it and their weapons control panel went dead. They were unable to do so and the spacecraft did them no harm whatsoever. And I've got similar cases from, from the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union and Great Britain definitely lied. I was involved, I was in the House of Lords actually, co-wrote one of the speeches uh, where it was finally admitted that they had things in our Ministry of Defence here and so on and so on. But no government really, I think, A, they can't answer the questions, B, they don't want the power to be away from themselves, namely, there are more powerful intelligences than us mm-hmm. and we can't tell you what they're saying. You'll have to look to people like Dr George King. They're not going to say that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and also it, it's just uh, they, they spend their whole time just trying to... F- protect themselves from scandal or any kind of embarrassment so I I don't agree with them but I would say that was what I would assume is their reasoning Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting too because here in Canada not many years ago a former Canadian defense minister said said the protocol is to shoot first and ask questions after and the most right when we look at the documents it's pretty much shows um, every time our military craft approach these objects there's always evasive maneuvers by them and it's kind of always aggression by yeah. us for the most part um so Indeed. i always found that interesting um it is interesting and i think the, the i think the fascinating aspect to me anyway about this whole topic is the psychology and the plan if you like we call it the cosmic plan of the intelligences who man the craft uh, you know the the craft themselves are interesting, and I mean I've had sightings even over the last year. Uh, but then I do look f- at the sky a lot. You know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't look, or Paying they attention. They, yeah. they might actually see. Yeah, they they might just see something in the sky that actually couldn't be a plane, and and, and you know couldn't be a weather balloon, and all the usual nonsense they try to explain a meteorite, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, they couldn't be those. But the, a lot of people they wouldn't even think. Oh, I wonder if that's a plane. I wonder. You know, they just—they're not looking for it. Fair enough. They're not that interested. I, I think they—it's sh- very interesting. So I'm looking, but you know, the interest. But the, going deeper, though, it's the questions, and this is where I think the contacts of Dr. George King are really valuable. It is what is their plan? You know, obviously, to anyone who's really looked into it, they exist. Um, there's plenty of evidence, and not just in recent times. I mean, going back many thousands of years there's evidence um in, in in many most of the major cultures i would say there's some kind of evidence and it's there the bible's full of them the hindu scripts are full of them and so on what though why don't they land openly in toronto in london in in new york wherever and prove themselves beyond all doubt to everyone what is their plan or will they do that when will they do that and to answer those questions you have to look to spiritual concepts like karma and you know the the whole uh, necessity of experience that humanity has and you have to look at the fact that you know parents will understand i'm not a parent but parent, i was a school teacher that if you know you did the homework of your children you solved all their problems all the time they would learn absolutely nothing mm-hmm. so they they these are very advanced, wonderful beings. I mean, we we actually believe that Jesus came from another planet. We don't believe the star of Bethlehem was a star. Well, it obviously wasn't a star Mm -hmm. because a star can't hover over a stable. Um, We we don't believe that... We believe that Sri Krishna came from another planet, Lord Buddha. This is the caliber of the kinds of intelligence we're talking about, and they are very, very patient... Uh, they are real, at the essence of service and sacrifice, and there is waiting in this unfathomable way for this very, very backward race to change. I mean, it's quite laughable, isn't it, sometimes when you hear 
some of these so-called experts say, well, I wonder if there's life out there as advanced as we are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, that wouldn't be much, would it? <laughs> no, I mean, it they're far more advanced than we are. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting because I, I think this is, um, you know, the extraterrestrial community as a whole is, you know, there's a lot of focus on information. There's a lot of focus on documents and proof and proof and all this sort of stuff. And that's great. And I totally think it's a necessary aspect of the whole thing. Um, but mm. the spiritual and consciousness aspect is huge. And, you know, you have all of the yeah. the people that are waiting for, like you said, they're waiting for the, the touchdown. They're waiting for the, you know, the, the face-to-face contact, so to speak. But it's like, I, I think the message that isn't spread enough, and, and you, I know you said it, and we share this a lot, is that... It's the idea of humans have to begin to take responsibility for themselves. And when we do that so and true. we move through our lessons and in individual growth, you know, we can't keep waiting for someone to save us. And, you know, you touched on, on no. Jesus for a moment. And, you know, typically Jesus' message was hijacked by religion and turned into something yes. that you know, lowered the average person into a certain state of being while, you know, uh, Jesus' message was kind of just hidden off in the background. And it kind of created this, someone will save you mode. And unfortunately, we're applying that to extraterrestrials. And, uh, you know, we we talk about uh, the idea of shifting our consciousness. In in your opinion, what do you feel, or even in your knowing deep down, because I'm sure that's really where it comes from, you know, what do you feel is what humans need to do today in that in that own you know uh, taking responsibility for self shifting ourselves to be ready for uh, some sort of ET contact what does that look like to you well it it's a question one one factor and it's a much misused phrase but it's still a true one is is to have an open mind and it's quite a difficult thing for a lot of people to have actually a really open mind and free of prejudice so that's one thing and another thing, of course, is what we talked about earlier of service, and in our case, particularly spiritual service. So if the human race, or a large part of it, um, was A, had an open mind and free of all kinds of prejudice, be it religious prejudice or even scientific dogmatic prejudice, mm-hmm. you get that too, yeah. um, or, or even materialistic kind of uh, money-based prejudice there's all kinds of prejudices if people could free themselves from those and be focused on service then i think that would speed up absolutely exponentially the open coming of beings from other worlds uh, the proof that people say they want would be given see i i'm not i don't actually think that if if they landed here and proved themselves to to a lot of people now that uh, that most people would really welcome it they'd find it interesting you'd you'd be a buzz in the media for a while and then eventually they'd move on to another story which might be some it could be a soap opera it could be just (laughs) anything you know um i'm afraid that is the very backward state we're in and i mean i I remember going to 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 uh, one of the newspapers here in britain with absolute cast iron evidence of dr king's contact and we have some evidence and it's he they said to me they turned they were actually more honest than some people in the press they said look we're publishing the information that our readers wish to read (laughs) and that's that's the truth of it i think you know um people aren't really seeking with a truly open mind the truth whatever that truth may be if that happens then i think people will that we the world will deserve proof of the truth Right, and I, I, I personally think that, you know, deep down in my gut, we're, you know, we're like a hundred years to us, and you know, this massive cosmic plan is could be a second out there, and I think that, yeah. you know, over these years, I think they're making themselves known more and more, and even if we look at what's happening on the planet, a lot of revelations are coming to light of what's really going on here, That's and true. how we need to sh- shift, you know, and I'm yes. I'm totally just I I think it's it's a slow process but you know as we go through even if we look at science like there's a big scientific revolution going on right now in quantum physics and neuroscience showing n- that non-material science is just as legit you know as the hard sciences we're talking about telepathy ESP the power of human tensions consciousness like what would happen oh, if yeah. a billion people got together and meditated um you know so I think yeah. as we go through this process of 
you know, knowing our spirituality, then we come closer to being ready for a kind of en masse extraterrestrial contact. Um, yes, that's true. And I, I actually, sorry, am I interrupting? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, what I was going to say is I've, I've come to the conclusion as well that individual experience, you talked about going within, mm -hmm. is key to this as well. Because with uh, Dr. King, um, we, we've sort of devised a thing now where he never did this. He was a very humble man, actually. But a lot of the things that he taught, we are, we are describing as King Yoga because he put his own stamp upon them. And he was a great master of yoga in his own right. And one of our key things is, is, gain, is experiencing these things. When you, for example, go to one of the places that we say is a holy mountain, that we say was actually charged by these beings, and there's some in America, some various parts of the world, mm -hmm. or, and another example, when you tune in to a particular spacecraft, which you can do in any country of the world, which is beaming down energy, we say, at certain times, and you do your practices, be it meditation, be it prayer, be it the 12 blessings, be it mantra, be it healing, whatever it might be, and you can sense yourself the difference during that orbit of that spacecraft than when it's not in orbit, then you, you or if you go to a particular mountain and you feel the power there, you're having an experience. And other people can debate with you till kingdom come you know, you know what you experienced, and it's something real. It's not a theory. These spiritual things, some people think they're just purely, uh, and they sort of get away with it by saying, well, it's just a matter of faith. Well, faith itself is based on experience in the end, and these are real things that are really happening, and you can do healing, and you can feel the, the spiritual energy passing through the palms of your hands, which might become very, very physically hot, and the energy is flowing and and so on and so on this is not just some theory some idea it's something very very real i think that's one thing dr king brought home um and i was honored to write a book with him called realize your inner potential mm -hmm. uh, full of practices and exercises that people can actually do some of them in cooperation or coming from beings from other planets and they will experience the reality of, of this and they, their consciousness will change and they will know that it changes right um i just wanted to take it back here to um you mentioned that you had some evidence now we don't question george king um we think he's totally legit we do question a lot of channelers but um george yeah. king is one like the Ethereum society is one we Thank don't you. it's one we deeply resonate with and and, and the interesting is it Thank correlates you. with so much that's coming out now um, I wanted to ask you about the evidence that you mentioned that um, yeah, sure. George King had. I mean, one, absolutely. One of the things I would say about, about Dr. King is that um, his concept of channeling or mediumship, I've discovered, is so different from any other type of mediumship that I've encountered. And as I've mentioned, I've done some basic mediumship myself. Um, it, it's in a completely different league, even the methodology. Uh, you may or may not want to go into that. It's a bit, maybe a bit technical, but it's, it's a, a different procedure that he followed and an extremely exact one, which he had mastered over a 10-year period, practicing for eight hours a day. And I haven't come across anybody else um, who even claims to have done that. doesn't mean I'm saying all the others aren't true. I'm not saying that. Some are, some aren't, in my opinion. But it, he is in a very different category. So thank you for your comments about that. In terms of the evidence, um, many years ago, uh, he received details. Th these are just factual things. I mentioned to you the, the nuclear power plant yeah. uh, where he was given information. That's a place called Sellafield. Now, it used to be called Windscale. Um, and, he, and he published, he got that days after the event when the government uh, was completely denying it. Another one was a Russian atomic accident, which he got the details of um, shortly after it. He was in Devon at the time. We've, we believe now that we've been told that there was some press reports of this that came out. But if there were, he didn't receive them. And it wasn't well known because 18 years later, a magazine called New Scientist who received the details of this from an exiled Soviet scientist who I personally met. Um, and he 
um, really gave details that absolutely corroborated what Dr. King had got 18 years earlier, he claimed, from an intelligence from another planet, and mm. published at the time. Mm. Um, and, in fact, this journal, New Scientist, which is a highly respectable one, uh, after being badgered by me for months and months and months, <laughs> they did admit in a tiny little column that they were scooped by a UFO. So that's one. Another one was... Um, very interesting, I think, which is that I was physically present with him uh, when he received what he called a mental transmission. There's two methods he used. One was the trance mediumship, which is absolutely wonderful. And in that, the intelligence was, would actually speak through him. So you, we have on audio their actual voices. So we have, for example, the voice of the Master Jesus, as we call him, on tape through Dr. King's larynx. And this, as I, as I mentioned earlier, was an extremely unusual form of trance that he used, not like, say, your spiritualist medium would use, for example. Very, very much more, um, I would say, advanced than that, using kundalini and, and other elements. It's very interesting, but it's a bit technical. I'm happy to talk about it if you want to, but it's it's quite a technical thing. But that's the one method. The other method that he used was purely telepathic, where he'd receive it, um, as a thought beam, which was then translated by his brain into English because he's English. Had he been German, it would have been in German. That was just his brain translating it. They don't speak a language, or our languages anyway. Um, and he got such a communication, and he wrote it down uh, as he received it. Um, and it turned out to be hours before the Chernobyl disaster, Oh wow! And we, in this case, in, he wasn't given the deed. He wasn't told there's going to be an accident in Chernobyl, but he was told there's going to be a, a disaster. And we were actually about to set off, um, actually on Lake Powell, and he can't, he delayed that uh, for another mission. But he delayed that instead of which he arranged the the beaming out of spiritual energy. I believe it started, but I'd have to check my facts. About an hour and a half, I think before the Chernobyl ha thing happened, and then went right through for a whole period of days. The world didn't know about Chernobyl for several days. Um, when it did, it, it has been described by Greenpeace, for example, as a miracle, that it wasn't far, far worse than it was. Uh, it was a steam explosion rather than a nuclear explosion in one of the plants, and this lessened it. And he did publish that year that it had, this was the result of direct action by um, spacecraft from other worlds or a mm -hmm. spacecraft from another planet. Well, 16 years later, the journal Pravda did publish, um, it was, I think, by then, a, um, I believe, an internet journal by that stage, um, the fact that um, a, an object had been seen over Chernobyl, a spacecraft had been seen by a lot of people over the power plant that blew and they'd seen a crimson beam emitted by this spacecraft into the plant, and it had reduced the effects of the disaster, I think they said, fourfold. And, and other facts were, were brought out then. But all this was 16 years. This was even after Dr. King had passed on by that stage. Uh, when all this came out, I hope we've. That's a couple of examples. Yeah. I hope we've had some help with Fukushima. I feel like we must have had to the size of that disaster. Um, I... Yes. Yes. Well. Well. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Go on, yeah. No. No. Go ahead. What I was going to say is now uh, because of as I mentioned earlier, no cl nobody who even if they did have a contact with beings from other planets it wouldn't be like officially recognized by the Ethereum Society as part of our beliefs or teachings. Yeah. But we do have a one-way communication, and we did arrange to do things for Fukushima, absolutely, send spiritual energy there, and yeah. to many other situations. And, you know, it's a bit like healing an individual, which is a wonderful thing that anyone can do, and there's many ways of doing it, and many religions and different approaches to it. Uh, but sometimes it really works, and it, it seems to be a miracle, and other times it doesn't seem to work so well, but it, on average, it, it works far more than, say, coincidence. Right. Um, and it's a bit the same with world healing, too. You know, sometimes you get things that, wow, 
uh, you know, a, a hurricane that was heading this way veered off and didn't even hit the coast. Yeah. And other times, you know, it, it seems to have lessened the effect, but you can't be exactly sure, particularly when you've got a real, real issue, like, for example, the, the Syrian situation or the the right. Middle East conflict and things like that. But we do, we target um, even, the, even the North Korea disputes with America and so on. But you're always, it'll only work as effectively as the channels, the conduits for that energy. So, I mean, some of the best uh, focus will be like after disasters, like after an earthquake, after something like that, where we'll send energy to the relief workers who are wonderful people working in the area in many ways and this energy will then help them and often you do hear about miraculous cases like a whole house fell down and somebody walked out absolutely fine you know yeah. um, that's the sort of way we're working now and Fukushima was one such situation yeah right. I've always felt um, deep down in my intuition that you know the planet is more important than we are and you know, right now we're seeing a lot of activism, a lot oh, of efforts. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, and a lot of efforts to change from a lot of people. And I feel this movement has grown so strong. And if it wasn't for us making these efforts, we we might be gone now. But I feel like I feel like there's a big intention in millions of people to change this world. And I feel like, you know, it's it's nice to know that we might be getting and, you know, if we choose to make these changes, we put the effort in, you know, maybe we'll get a little nudge here and there. But ultimately, you know, we've got to do it ourselves. And, you know, we're the ones we've been waiting for. True. And, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you, Dr. King would have loved that one thing you said there, that the, the planet is even more important than we are. Because he, I mean, he was, his whole life was committed and dedicated to humanity my own belief, and this is a controversial one, it's not something he publicly claimed, but I believe he himself came from another world. I don't believe he was an ordinary human terrestrial person, mm -hmm. uh, but he was completely dedicated to humanity, but even more than humanity, he was dedicated to the Mother Earth, mm -hmm. and that was key to his whole mission, actually. In fact, the holiest day in our calendar in the Aetherius Society is July the 8th, and we dedicate that day, all of our members all over the world, to her and sending thankful thanks to her and energy to her and appreciation to her. We believe that's the day of her uh, great initiation um, in, in 1964. Um, and this was reported through Dr. King. And it's, it's the, the most important day of worship, if you want to call it that, or, or spiritual outpouring in our calendar. Interesting, yes, and I mean, yeah, the, oh, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, ab absolutely, the planet is, is a huge a huge part of this, and it, you know, it, it seems interesting too from an extraterrestrial mm. perspective. I mean, I've heard a number of different theories as to why, you know, intervention would take place, um, you know, on the nuclear side, for mm. example, like, you know, obviously they're limiting yep. the disasters. They're they're stopping or shooting down missiles at times and that sort of stuff, rendering them inert. They're you know rendering actual uh, nuclear stations inert at times. There's one colonel. Sorry, to cut you off. There's one colonel um, who actually said, you know, he's charging nuclear weapons. He said they tried to detonate a nuclear weapon on the moon, and that was completely unacceptable to the extraterrestrials, and they stopped it from happening. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Absolutely. And yes. so the, I mean, they, they they will. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. And so just the question becomes like in from your knowledge, what do you feel is their main interest as to why they're protecting the planet so much? Well, I they have tremendous reverence. I mean, on the other planets in this solar system, they revere their the what they call the logos of their planet and that's the I mean the most sacred ground. Dr. King always used to say and he said he knew this from childhood. He didn't have to be taught this, that the most sacred ground that we will ever touch, or not the most sacred ground, the most sacred thing that we will ever touch, the most holy thing we'll ever touch, is the ground beneath our feet. Um, and that's the and interplanetary way. They absolutely revere their planets, and much of their interventions and their contacts made with Dr. King have been to do with the planet 
and of course in order for the planet to to change um, we have to change because she as a living intelligence has chosen to allow us and she doesn't have to do this to exist here mm -hmm. um, we, we're just as it were the microbes on her back yeah she's been but, very patient and, and she's us. suffering Sorry. oh my goodness yeah. there's, it, there's a practice and I mentioned it earlier called the 12 blessings and there's some in it there's a one particular blessing which is the seventh blessing which is really really moving and it's it's from the master jesus and he says i'll just tell you some of the words from this you get an idea of our, our approach he says she weeps not when the vandals do tear her body with wounds she weeps not when the fools do commit foul acts against the very nature which forms her fruits as yet, man, she has borne you. I request most strongly now that you do not take such for granted. And that's an appeal by the Master Jesus mm -hmm. to us on earth to treat her with more reverence. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very nice uh, little piece there. Yeah. Um, I'm actually curious mm. to check out the, all the 12 blessings. You guys have them available publicly on, uh, on the website? We do. We have, we have them in book form, but we also have them in audio form. So people can actually hear uh, you know, through downloads or through CDs the, 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 the Master Jesus delivering these. And, and this, is, this is the wonder of the trance condition that Dr. King used. I mean, he could, if he'd chosen to, just taken them down as mental transmissions and written the words down. But he didn't. He, he went to... It was quite dangerous. He even did it on television. I think on YouTube there's at least one clip of him doing it on BBC television. And it's a very dangerous thing to have done, never mind being the ridicule he received mm -hmm. in the 1950s mm -hmm. you know, for doing it. Um, but as a result, though, we have their voices. So you have the master Ethereus, who was the first cosmic master to contact him, hence our name, and was the one who, 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 who actually, um, as it were, commanded him, gave him the command when he started his whole mission in 1954, and he has an extremely unusual voice, uh, and it's completely consistent too. So you, you'll have a recording from 1955 and a recording from 1979, and um, they'll be the same voice, even though Dr. King's voice has changed over that period. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have the Master Jesus, and you'll have a, an intelligence from Mars, which might be a more of a monotone delivery, you might say, very dynamic, or a, a bit more of an oratory type of sound to it and they're all completely unique you have a uh, communication from jupiter which is uh, a planet among other things of sound and music and this is almost chanted and it's uh, very unusual and then you have perhaps maybe the most beautiful of them all you have the voice of, of saturn we don't have much but saturn is regarded as the highest of all the planets in this solar system and the beings there speak in a very gentle a uh, very reverential, soft, uh, loving way, but this belies their complete authority, and and they are revered and respected totally by the other masters in this solar system. Interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you about you know if if I were an ET and I wanted to come on Earth, I'd almost you know I'd not want to because you know the human mind tends to. You know, good, bad, angel, demon. We have so many, we make up so many things in mm. our heads and label things so much. Um, what's your opinion on the whole benevolent and malevolent extraterrestrial thing? Um, you know, a lot yes. of people say that, you know, they want to use, you know, the global elite want to use extraterrestrials to put fear into the population for their own greedy purposes, to weaponize space, this and that. What, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well, I come across it a lot, as you can imagine, uh, and I would like to say one thing, because you touched on this a bit yourself, is that you know I have found, and I've been doing this for quite a long time, as you probably gather, mm -hmm. that the UFO movement itself has changed, because there used to be a time when, they, in fact, I think the master theorists referred to this, the nuts and bolts type of ufologist, they would call it, the person who was just looking for physical things and evidence and you know radar tracking and but nothing spiritual and and the more spiritual approach was which was always dr king's main focus even though he did get involved in the flying saucer movement as well in the early days but 
what I've noticed when my book came out, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, and for example, I went to America and did a little tour in, around California a bit and Michigan, and actually came to Toronto as well, by the way, um, that now groups like MUFON, for example, would invite someone like myself to speak, whereas at one time they, there would have been this barrier. They, they may not agree with all the spiritual aspect, but they recognize that is a key part of the movement. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to, I think that's a, a yes. positive change. Yes, a very uh, important. But yeah. I would say that very, very much so. But what's also come in, you know, over the recent decades is the sort of abduction approach and also this, what you're touching on there, the idea of malevolent forces taking over the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, what I'd, I think it's quite in-depth to answer fully, but I'd just say that, putting it very simply, a malevolent force that wanted to take over the planet that could get here in the first place would take it over with without with very little difficulty mm -hmm. unless we were being protected by spiritual intelligences mm -hmm. i mean there there would it's not as though you know we'd have a independence day scenario where the president of america <laughs> would fly up and defend us <laughs> in some plane They'd, they'd be absolutely lost and finished. I mean, they being the us, the human race, wouldn't stand a chance, not a chance. So these malevolent forces, this malevolent theory, I think, falls short in that respect because, you know, it wouldn't be difficult for such forces to take over this planet. It'd be very, very, very easy indeed, right. unless we're protected and we are protected uh, we have tremendous protection from the other beings in this solar system, from Mars, from Venus, from the planets I've mentioned, yeah. and other planets that I haven't mentioned. So, therefore, they aren't going to be able to do that. So, that's one thing I'd say. But having said that, though, there are malevolent forces from this Earth, mm. I'm afraid. There, there are other realms of this Earth, and sadly, they're not all benign. Right. I wish they were, mm. but they aren't. And I, I feel and like some of oh, those. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No. What I was going to say is that some of those uh, will impersonate and fool mediums, mm. even well-intentioned mediums, will confuse people who think they're having alien abductions but aren't. They're having what we might have called astral interference, and this has infected the UFO movement to some degree. I think. And so there's a lot of confusion as a result. It's fairly successful with some people, this confusion. It's designed to create fear, and it's designed to put people off from investigating it at all. Okay. Um, and it's worked to a degree, but it hasn't really worked. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. anybody who always asks me that question, I always tell them, you know, there's a lot of evidence extraterrestrial contact and things like this have been happening for longer than we know. If if there was that type mm -hmm. of malevolency, it would have already happened by now. So um, we must. Yeah, must that's be very true. Yeah. 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 In terms of like full out takeovers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the the military side of the abductions, which has, has also oh, yeah. been kind of covered quite in depth. Um, but you know, where we're, where I'm kind of like this conversation is going a little bit and the question that I have is, uh, some of with like the, um, it's difficult how to call it, whether you call it inner earth or just under the earth. Um, IE, um, many yes. people have talked about, uh, beings that live below the earth surface. Now it, it's been confused mm -hmm. a number of times as to how that looks in there. Like, is it you know, right at the center of the earth, or is it more so just under the earth sort of thing? Or is it like extra dimensional or, you know? Yeah. And, um, a lot right. of the beings okay. that, that are under there, um, some of which I think there's evidence that, um, even Hitler back in the day had contact with. Um, but, um, you know, they, they seem, some of those beings down there seem to worship Saturn, which it was interesting, or they're from Saturn, one of the two, um, because it seems that uh, there's a lot of talk about that. Have you, have you heard much about that? Well, my knowledge, uh, the knowledge that I have of that is that the, well, first of all, as I mentioned earlier, the Earth is extremely holy, and beneath the Earth is even more holy, and the beings there, the ones I know of, are known as the Lords of the Flame, and there are three of those, and they are extremely evolved, highly spiritual, 
wonderful, wonderful intelligences whose focus is purely to do with the planet, the Mother Earth. Well, I say purely to do. They are obviously very, very uh, knowledgeable about humanity because that impacts upon the planet. But their, their concern is the welfare of the Mother Earth um, that I, I, I'm probably putting this in a wrong way, but the problem they might have is that she, the Mother Earth, is so self-sacrificing that she will insist on helping humanity all the time and allowing humanity to do things like, you know, drill for oil without her permission, which we should have. Um, she puts up with it, she tolerates it, and she suffers. Mm. So those are the beings that I know of there. They're very, very sacred. Um, I, very few people have ever successfully visited them. Um, and one of those who has is Dr. King. He wrote a wonderful book called uh, Visit to the Logos of Earth. Mm. It's a beautifully written book. Um, and he had that experience. He didn't, that didn't, certainly didn't say he was the only one. One, there is an intelligence on Earth who's given the name the Lord Babaji, who is extremely uh, sacred Saturnian intelligence, this may be a, a link to what you were saying, uh, who has more of a connection probably with those beings than anyone else I know of on this planet, and a tremendous connection with the planet too, I'm sure, and is the most sacred and holy being on the planet, um, revered by the masters, male and female masters of Earth. So that would be another possible, and that actually Lord Babaji did assist uh, Dr. King on one occasion when he made this visit and, and any arrangements uh, he would know about to do with that. That's the only knowledge I have. I don't believe that um, there would be evil would be allowed under that. That's like an old myth. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't really know. I mean, obviously there was this idea that hell was below yes. us. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a not correct. Hell is uh, on another frequency, if you can call it hell. Mm -hmm. at all it's just another it's another astral realm really just an experience yes yeah, that, that yeah. would that would be that realm would definitely be have been interested in hitler for sure <laughs> but hitler would just be a a, a pawn mm -hmm. a, a nothing to them that they might use and did use mm -hmm. absolutely and and um one of the things that I guess comes up even when we talk about extraterrestrials and and, and stuff like that is this emergence of ai and how there's been talk of AI being an actual sort of entity, if you will, or um, I guess you can call it like a pocket of consciousness if you want to kind of get it into mm -hmm. the quantum side of it that is within the universe that is actually sort of pushing for um, some of the deeper AI um, interests that humanity has. And to, to make it clear on that, it's not so much the automation end or the robotics end of, of what humanity is doing to mm -hmm. simplify or make things more efficient, but kind of the idea of actual like artificial intelligence that can get to the point where it can self-organize. It can, you know what I mean? I, in a way that's yeah, more human-like. Yeah. Um, what, what, yeah. What have you and, come across? Uh, yeah. Well, I certainly uh, understand that robotic life is used, for sure, by extraterrestrial intelligences and that a number of the UFOs that are sighted, or flying saucers as they used to be called, are remotely controlled, may not have any uh, life forms in them at all. Um, and certainly that would be used. But the essence of evolution, though, or the spark of it, is the divine spark within uh, the intelligence. So they would, they would, you know, they 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 would be a different kind of force, but not. Uh, we heard about, for example, an alien race. It was released uh, through the Ethereum Society that relied very, very heavily on robots and artificially created um, androids and so on, and became extremely dependent upon them. <coughs> in fact, but but in the end, though, the evolving soul. Is is the thing that really counts. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what I'd say to that, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. The... In other words, by that I mean of the people who the the intelligences that uh, that control this robotic life. Right. Yeah. That's that's one thing we keep going. But I think we think it's important to keep going back to the spirituality, yeah. the consciousness aspect of what's going on yeah. here. I wanted Be to oh, go ahead. 
No, all I was going to say is because the the main message, which is not a new message, which is known and has been known for thousands of years mm -hmm. that we're given about this, is that we all have a divine spark within us. We all have God potential. And one of the transmissions that Dr. King received is a wonderful transmission. It's called Ye Are Gods. We've just released it, actually. It's, it's available mm -hmm. now through our website. And we all have that within us. And they don't look upon us as being you know, lacking the potential to be as great as they are. They say one day we will do that. Mm -hmm. It's our own choice and we can make these choices. And I, that's a big difference, I think, with, with artificial intelligence. And it's going to be interesting, too, because if we look at, you know, before the Roman Empire, um, society on Earth was mm -hmm. highly spiritual. You know, you know Buddhism, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I could go on and on. But back yes. then... We were a more spiritual society. Was there open extraterrestrial contact then? Because it seems like we're we're moving forward, kind of regaining our spiritual roots like we did in the past, but we're kind of a more advanced technologically as a society this time. But w was there extraterrestrial contact in ancient times? Well, we actually believe in the society, and I think you'll find some theosophical people who believe in this and certain others as well, but not quite in the same detail as we've been given it now, that we have been here for millions of years, mm -hmm. that we've been through several cultures, that we came from another planet um, which we destroyed, which is now the asteroid belt, and we've incarnated here, that there was a race here before we came here, and we're talking approximately 18 million years ago, mm -hmm. uh, known as Adamic Man and that they were extremely civilized and, and had a civilized culture. But we had this habit of, you know, we, the human race, of involving and eventually ending up with uh, nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. And this has happened, we're told, twice before. I know a lot of people have done studies of this. I know that, for example, and it's one of the topics that we lecture on, my wife, for example, lectures a lot on this, that there's evidence of previous civilization having had nuclear disasters, as yes. many would say. And these civilizations were called Lemuria, and then the next one was called Atlantis, Atlantis. which is fairly well known. There's lots of material about Atlantis out there. Oh, yeah. And now we're on the third one on this planet, and we've, we're at the same stage, which is one of the main reasons, I believe, that Dr. King came to our world now and why these contacts are being made now, because especially in the 50s, and you started the whole broadcast, I think very appropriately with this, we were in a position to do exactly the same thing again. I mean, we still are. Mm -hmm. But in the 50s, I mean, they had no concept of the dangers, it seems, of these things at all. Uh, there is more awareness of the danger, but we still have it. And there's still these things are being built. And, you know, still there's threats being made between yeah. North Korea and America and so on, even in recent months. Um, so the danger is there to do what these previous civilizations did. And that's the main, I would say, overriding interest, uh, or one of them, that the cosmic masters have at this particular time, but as you've mentioned, more for the Earth as a living planet even than for the human race that are the vandals on her back. Right. If we want to destroy ourselves, you know, so be it, but I don't think we'll be allowed to destroy this planet. Mm -hmm. No, we won't be allowed to do that, we're told, because we won't be allowed, well, let's put it this way, we won't be allowed to destroy the planet. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. 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 Mm. I, I, not again. Not, not again. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I quickly wanted to mention, ask you about, I came across some actually pr uh, declassified documents. They're actually WikiLeaks documents showing heavy, heavy interest of government and intelligent agencies in, you know, uh, UFO groups um, have you because right. like you s mentioned earlier they're just as curious they want to find out what's going on too so have has the Ethereum Society had you know any inquiry from intelligence agencies or governments as to the information you guys are receiving they don't um, you know I think intelligence agencies don't normally knock on the front door and say you know I'm from an intelligence agency <laughs> what are you up to I, I, I think it's quite possible I think certainly in the 1950s I think there may even be some evidence that MI5 or uh, MI6 or one of these bodies was looking into the Ethereum Society was looking into Dr. King there were attempts to burgle him in the first headquarters he had in, in London um, which he, he didn't succeed but because he put many locks on his door 
um, and there was quite a fair amount of interest. And I think when you get a man organising a rally, uh, saying the government's lying about flying saucers, which they were, as we now know, which has yep. been now admitted, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think you're going to attract the interest of intelligence officers. And Definitely. if you know, it's, it, you'd think they would actually want to go to the next stage and try and find out well what is the message then. But then, do politicians really want the truth? That's another question. That's, <laughs> and, 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 you know, are they any different from the world in that respect? Possibly worse than yeah. your ordinary person in that respect, mm -hmm. so-called ordinary person. But, yeah, I, I would say there has been. I think there definitely was in the early days. There may even be in recent days. Yeah. But they certainly don't come along and tell us. I, I have had visits from government department on one occasion when um, one of the editors of a newspaper from Peru came over. Mm. And they were brought here by a government department, I think the Foreign Office it was, uh, because that particular editor had had experiences of seeing UFOs and also contacts were made that she knew about. And they asked to be brought to the Ethereum Society. So they came here for lunch together with some government officials. Um, uh, but that was that was so that was through the front door. But that wasn't uh, apparently anyway, an investigation of us. Mm -hmm. Good old for through the front door. Um, one, of the <laughs> one of the things we like to do, uh, you know, just as we're wrapping up here, um, for like a final sort of like tidbit for for listeners is uh, always bring it back to the practical. Like, you know, what you know, someone listens to this stuff, they get excited about um, what they're hearing. It feels it resonates deeply. Um, in your in your take, what's the what are the most important practices that people can kind of do, even if it's just one practice uh, today in their life? You know. Right whether they take a break or go to bed tonight and, and do that practice, what would you say that is? Right. Well, I'd say two things. First of all, I'd say do look on the this online 12 Blessings site because on there you'll be told exactly how to pray and you'll probably you know, be easier to, to work out than me saying it now. But simply put, uh, it, and, and the site is just 12blessings.org. That's one two blessings dot org, and you'll be able to join in as well if you want to. But you can do that at any time. You can do it at home. You can raise your hands. I mean, I, that's what I did the first time I was taught this. I just simply raised my hands. I visualised actually, in my case, a, a rather sad person I'd seen earlier the day in the street, and I sent them healing. And I visualised them being healing, healed and helped by visualising white light flowing out through the palms of my hands to them. And I had an undeniable experience which started me on this journey, which I couldn't throw off. For hours, I, I, heard, I felt the tingling. I know exactly what it was now, but I didn't then. And it was a, an interaction of my aura with this energy that had flowed through me, and I knew it was real, and that started my quest. So that's one thing. I would also recommend something else, that I believe that the theorist should be judged and it's something Dr. King said, actually, by the value and the merit of the, the teachings that have been given through him. Um, and, you know, you can just form your own conclusions. And I'd particularly refer you to uh, a book, which is my favorite book, and it's also on audio. And it's the voice of Mars Sector 6 is just wonderful to hear. Uh, and it's called The Nine Freedoms. And this tells you in the most uplifting, inspiring way our journey. I mean, we're going to have to make an effort. We're going to have to serve others. That's absolutely built into it. And we're told how we can do that. But the journey ahead of us is so wonderful uh, of cosmic experience, of interplanetary ex experience, even of solar experience. I think it will be so inspiring and revealing to you. You can then form your own conclusions about the wonderful transmissions delivered through Dr. George King. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we'll definitely have Thank these, you. these links, uh, you know, with, with this audio once we do release this podcast. Um, it's been a great conversation. Me yeah. and Arjun have both in, enjoyed, uh, you know, what we, we always love talking it's about. It's been these. a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been great. Always, No, it's <laughs> great to talk to you both, I must say. I've really enjoyed that. Nice. So th thank you so much for taking yes, the time to you. come on. And we, we totally appreciate Anytime. your Keep work as touch. well. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you. And yes. yours. And You're thank doing you great for everything work you there. Thank you. I'll look at your website. Yeah. And if you ever need anything else or you ever want any updates or things, you know, just don't hesitate to get in touch. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll definitely keep Take in care. touch. All right. Take care, Richard. All the best. Okay. Bye-bye.
Alrighty, that's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed once again. Um, you know, it's always a good conversation when we get into the spirituality of extraterrestrials. You know, um, oftentimes when we think about extraterrestrials, we just go straight to, ooh, you know, what's going to happen? What do they look like? What's this? What's that? And, and, you know, that's fascinating. That's a very, you know, curious aspect of ourselves that, you know, it's fun to explore. But, you know, the real message here and the real message here at Collective Evolution is really about changing within getting the consciousness of the planet to shift and the intimate nature that exists between the extraterrestrial reality and shifting consciousness and spirituality is is massive it's immense so hope you enjoyed the show today hope you got something out of it and uh, we'll catch you next time here on the collective evolution podcast take care